So I just finished up a study in Ruth and this is the second time I've gone through the book of Ruth in a more detailed study and I just love it so much. If you have never read the book of Ruth, I highly, highly recommend it and go slow. You know, don't read it all in one sitting. It's a short book. There are only four chapters. It is very short, but read it just a chapter at a time and digest it because there are so many great little nuggets in there. So I just wanted to talk about that today because I think that a lot of us struggle with surrender and obedience and trust in our Heavenly Father. And so I wanted to share just these three things that we can learn from the book of Ruth that stood out to me. There's a lot more packed into that short book, but these are the top three that I wanted to just kind of chat about. And I would love for you to go through the book of Ruth yourself and share with me like what little nuggets that you got out of it as well. So grab your Bible and grab a notebook and let's get started. Are you a Christian woman over 40 who is struggling with consistently low energy and fatigue? Are you tired of trying to navigate the ever-changing health chatter all around you? And do you wish there was a simple solution to just feeling good? Boy, do I see you and I hear you. Hi, I'm Michelle, and as a holistic health coach and fellow midlifer, I have realized the answer to our whole health concerns isn't in the online search bar, those fad diets and endless exhausting workouts. Listen, beautiful mama, as the heartbeat of your home, you have spent your life caring for others well. So now is the time to take good care of yourself, get back your energy, and reclaim your entire health during this season. So if you are ready to stop striving and start thriving as your healthiest whole self, then you are in the right place. Grab your iced coffee, a notebook and pen, and let's treasure your wellness. So a lot of people, when they think about the book of Ruth in the Bible, they think of it as a beautiful love story between two characters, Ruth and Boaz. And while that is true, it is a beautiful love story between Ruth and Boaz. I think it's also a beautiful love story of much greater proportion, right? I feel like it's a beautiful love story of God over his people. And I think it's also a love story between Ruth and Naomi, like just the love that they had for each other. Let's not forget that Ruth was not true blood. She was the daughter-in-law but yet she chose to follow Naomi. She chose to leave behind everything she knew because she loved her mother-in-law so much that she wanted to be with her. And she made that choice. And I think it's also a love story between God and Ruth because as you begin digging in, you'll see that Ruth was a Moabite. So she was not an Israelite. She was an outsider, essentially but she was welcomed in to God's family. And so I guess those would be the big four connections that I got from the book of Ruth involving a love story. And I just want to share some notes that I was taking as I was going through the study because I think one of the big things that we can glean from the book of Ruth is how God is so faithful to us even when inside we are feeling uncertain and insecure. So 
I know in chapter one, and of course I'm not going to read the book of Ruth. I want you to dig deeper in it yourself. But in the first chapter, Naomi has lost everybody in her family except for her two daughters-in-law. And she tells them to go back, go back to their home. She's going to go on back to Judah. She's going back to what, where her home used to be that her husband moved them all out of because of the famine. So she has decided to turn and go back. And Ruth said, no, I'm going to go with you. Orpa turned and, you know, said goodbye and went back to her home, went back to her hometown. But in verses 20 and 21, like, Naomi had a very different reaction than Ruth did to her uncertain future. Like, she had no idea what was ahead of her. She just knew what had been behind her, what she had left. She knew what had transpired after they left. And she was bitter. She was really, really bitter. So much so that she changed her name. So Naomi was bitter, but Ruth chose to put her trust in God. And you see that in verses 16 and 17, where, she, you know, they... The famous quote, like, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my my God, and so on. And so that is in verses 16 and 17. Ruth made a choice. She also had a very uncertain future. She also was probably feeling a little insecure and overwhelmed. But she chose to put her trust in God, the God of Naomi, because... I like to think that Naomi's influence in her life over those 10 years where she was her daughter-in-law really just kind of soaked into her spirit, into her soul. And she had learned about God and she had really chosen to follow him, thereby following Naomi wherever she was going. So obviously super loyal to her mother-in-law. But when she did that, obviously she had to leave behind everything she knew. She had to leave behind her customs, her traditions, her family. She had to follow after God. So we don't really know if she truly believed in Naomi's God or if she continued to hold on to her own beliefs. The Bible isn't clear on that, but I like to think that maybe she did because that was a huge sacrifice for her to walk away from everything she ever knew and to follow Naomi back. But regardless, she decided, she made a choice to put her faith and her trust in, in God, even though she was unsure and uncertain. And throughout the whole story, we are seeing that God is kind. He shows his protection, his provision, and his loving kindness over both Ruth, who decided to trust, and also Naomi, who actually decided to be bitter. Like, she made that choice to be bitter. But it didn't matter. God worked out all the details anyway. He protected them both. He helped them to both be redeemed. And so it just kind of stood out to me that, I mean, number one, we don't have to be perfect. We know this. There is no perfection this side of heaven. And so even in our sadness, our anger, our frustration, our uncertainty our bitterness God is still there like he never leaves us we are the ones that walk away we are the ones that step away we are the ones that 
let the bitterness affect us so much so that we stop speaking to God. But he's there for when we are ready to come back. And He's he works in ways that we just can't always see. So even when we feel like God isn't there, he is. He's there. And he's working. And that's what we see in the book of Ruth. Again, it's a beautiful story of God's hand and his heart and his love in our lives. And it's also which is super exciting. It's the beginning to the lineage of Jesus on earth. It's super cool. And it talks about that at the end of Ruth. But essentially, as God worked out all the details of the story, it helped me to see that God is working out all the details of my own story. Whether I have my moments of bitterness or whether I have my moments of trust, my deciding, my deciding to trust or my deciding to be bitter because It's a choice, right? It is definitely a choice. Am I going to choose to trust God and his faithfulness? And am I going to follow where he leads? Or am I going to remain stuck in my misery and be bitter? Naomi kind of did it halfway. Like she wanted to remain bitter, but she also realized that, hey, I need to move forward. I can't live like this anymore. I need help. So she had to return. She had to leave her current place and return to what she knew. And by doing that, she was returning back to God. She had to make a decision. You know, it says that she had to follow the road to take her back. She traveled along the road leading back to the land of Judah. It says that in verse 7, chapter 1. So I feel like... She surrendered, essentially. She had to choose to leave the place that she was in for something better that God had for for her. And isn't that what we have to do as well sometimes? Oftentimes, we have to choose to leave the place that we are stuck in for something better that God has for us. But when we do that, when we make that decision to return, it's essentially we have to acknowledge our sin And maybe that's acknowledging our bitterness. Maybe that's acknowledging our unforgiveness. Then we have to ask God to forgive us. Because really only God can clean us up. Only God can fix us. We can't do any of this in our own strength. And then we need to obey. We need to follow God's way. We need to make the choice to say, God, you are sovereign and I put myself under your authority. We have to completely put ourselves under the authority of God's word return wholeheartedly return to the lord and return to his way and as we do that that's putting our trust in the lord it's helping us to trust god more surrendering and obeying god actually strengthens our faith because we're we're taking our eyes off ourselves and we're putting them on the lord we're saying you are sovereign you are my rock you are my direction you are my true north And I am turning back to you. I'm returning to you. And when we do that, we actually find our true rest. We are actually able to stop our striving, whether that's internally, emotionally, physically, whatever it is. Stop our striving and fully rest in him. So it kind of made me wonder, like, am I still stuck in sin or circumstances, but I'm still moving further away from God? God is pursuing me, even in that instance. He is pursuing me. He is pursuing you. 
But again, when we turn back to God, it leads us to rest. The other thing that I was really struck with is how it talks about Kingsman Redeemer. And that's how we know that Boaz comes into the story as he is the Kingsman Redeemer. Well, Jesus is our Kingsman Redeemer. He's the one that washes us clean of our sin. He is the one that anoints our anoints us and clothes us in righteousness. We don't have to strive. We just have to turn to him. We just have to follow after him in obedience and surrender. And when we do that, he can take what is burdening us. He can take our heavy load. Like in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, where he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is our rest. He's our true north. His way is supreme and we don't have to strive anymore. We can rest in him. And then as I went further into the story in Ruth chapter 3, you know, there was that odd request where Naomi is telling Ruth like, hey, like this is what you need to do. It's kind of a neat part. I w- I'm not going to read it, but she's basically saying you need to you need to wash, anoint, clothe yourself, and then go. And it struck me that all we need to do is really go to Jesus. He's actually going to do the work. He's going to wash us clean. He's going to anoint us, and he's going to clothe us with righteousness. We just need to obey and turn to him. And when we do that, like I said earlier, that leads to rest for our souls because he is our true rest. So bouncing back to Naomi, like she struggled in her human emotions. We struggle in our human emotions. We struggle with our sin. We struggle with just being flesh. But I believe that one of the important little nuggets in the book of Ruth is that God still smiles on me. He still smiles on you. Even through our bitterness, even through our doubt, our worry, our fear, and our anxiety, he smiles on us when we are bold enough to say, I can't do this anymore on my own. And we turn away from our flesh and we turn our eyes towards him. Mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. Like he is smiling over us. I mean, by his blood, he redeemed us. So he gives us a hope and a future. God is continually showing us unconditional love and loving kindness. And for a lot of us, that unconditional love from a heavenly father is really hard to grasp if we didn't receive that from our earthly parents. That can be really hard for us to wrap our minds around. But once we do, oh, it is so freeing. Once you wrap your mind around the unconditional love that God has over you as as his daughter, So I wrote this down in my notes. I said, when I devote myself to God and seek to continue building up his kingdom and his family of believers, I am showing loving kindness back to him. When I show loving kindness to my family, to strangers, to enemies, I am advancing the kingdom so more people can see Jesus. What we do never is wasted if we're doing it to build up God's kingdom. But it takes boldness, doesn't it? And it takes obedience. It takes surrendering and trusting 
it's just really cool when you go through the book of Ruth to see how God used each of their stories to advance the kingdom, to advance his kingdom. And then there's that beautiful line of genealogy at the end that, look, Ruth was not a Jew and she still had a pivotal part in the genealogy of Jesus. That is super cool to me, super cool. So those are just the three main things that I learned that I wanted to go ahead and share with you from the book of Ruth, obedience, surrender, and trust. And doing all of that strengthens our faith and helps us to find true rest. I hope that this was helpful for you. I hope that it made sense. And I hope that you go into your own study of the book of Ruth and jot down what God is speaking to your heart about it. Father God, thank you so much that your word is true, that we can armor ourselves from your word every single day. Thank you, Father, that you love us with an unconditional love, that you smile down on us, especially when we turn back to you in surrender and obedience. Father, strengthen us today. Help us to be bold and courageous women of God as we continue to advance your kingdom. For our good and for your glory always, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I hope that was encouraging for you today. And if you did find value in the episode, share it with a friend. And consider going over to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a five-star review to help other women just like you find the show. And Treasured Wellness is also found on Soul Win TV and Christian Mix 106 online streaming radio. So one more thing before you go, I just want to remind you that for the month of April, I have opened up five additional spots for a complete food and lifestyle review, and they are filling up quick. There's only a few left. So if you are ready to have my functional eyes on your food and lifestyle in a non-judgmental way, of course, always, we can hop on a call and do a 60-minute session and talk about where little tweaks can be made in each area of your life. And then, of course, I do like to do a follow-up call a few weeks after just to help with support and accountability. So get a jump on your spring cleaning for your whole health by taking this one-hour food and lifestyle session. And again, there are only a few more spots left. So grab it if that's something that you are ready to do. All right, have an amazing weekend. And remember, you are a beautiful treasure.